0: Hello and welcome to the Black Eye Podcast. I'm your host Michelle. How are you today? How are you? How are you? How are you? I hope you're outside getting some fresh air. That was starting without me. I had some uh, issues earlier um, because the, I wanted to find President Biden's um, speech on the vaccine and the vaccine mandate. And I wanted to cover it unedited because I wanted uh, you, the audience, to hear his speech and his own words in its entirety. And then I would comment on it because I made actually several uh, podcasts on this and I may put them on on the um, on the Patreon. But I made several podcasts on there and um, none of them quite hit. Where I wanted, you know, I didn't quite say what I wanted to say. And so, on further research, um, well, you know, you stumble on news, um, I wanted to come in and give you a complete, unedited version of this speech.
1: The work we have left to do. And it starts with understanding this even as the Delta variant 19. As COVID-19 has been hitting this country hard, we have the tools to combat the virus. If we can come together as a country and use those tools, if we raise our vaccination rate, protect ourselves and others with masking, expanded testing, and identify people who are infected, we can and we will turn the tide on COVID-19. It will take a lot of hard work. It's going to take some time. Many of us are frustrated with the nearly 80 million Americans who are still not vaccinated, even though the vaccine is safe, effective, and free. You might be confused about what is true, what is false about COVID-19. So before I outline the new steps to fight COVID-19 that I'm going to be announcing tonight, let me give you some clear information about where we stand. First, We have considered, we've made considerable progress in battling COVID-19. When I became president, about 2 million Americans were fully vaccinated. Today, over 175 million Americans have that protection. Before I took office, we hadn't ordered enough vaccine for every American. Just weeks in office, we did. The week before I took office on January 20th of this year, Over 25,000 Americans died that week from COVID-19. Last week, that grim weekly toll was down 70%. And then three months before I took office, our economy was faltering, creating just 50,000 jobs a month. We're now averaging 700,000 new jobs a month in the past three months. This progress is real. But while America is much better shape than it was seven months ago when I took office, I need to tell you a second fact. We're in the tough stretch, and it could last for a while. Highly contagious Delta variant that I began to warn America about back in July spread late summer, like it did in other countries before us. While the vaccines provide strong protection for the vaccinated, we read about and hear about and we see the stories of hospitalized people, people on their deathbeds among the unvaccinated over the past few weeks. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And it's caused by the fact that despite America having unprecedented and successful vaccination program, despite the fact that for almost five months, free vaccines have been available in 80 Thousand different locations, we still have nearly 80 million Americans who have failed to get the shot. To make matters worse, there are elected officials actively working to undermine the fight against COVID 19. Instead of encouraging people to get vaccinated and mask up, they're ordering mobile morgues for the unvaccinated dying from COVID in their communities. This is totally unacceptable. Third, If you wonder how all this adds up, here's the math. The vast majority of Americans are doing the right thing. Nearly three quarters of the eligible have gotten at least one shot. But one quarter has not gotten any. That's nearly 80 million Americans not vaccinated. And a country as large as ours, that's 25% minority. That 25% can cause a lot of damage, and they are. The unvaccinated overcrowd our hospitals, or overrunning emergency rooms and intensive care units, leaving no room for someone with a heart attack or pancreatitis or cancer. And fourth, I want to emphasize that the vaccines provide very strong protection from severe illness from COVID-19. I know there's a lot of confusion and misinformation, but the world's leading scientists confirm. That if you're fully vaccinated, your risk of severe illness from COVID-19 is very low. In fact, based on available data from the summer, only one out of every 160,000 fully vaccinated Americans was hospitalized for COVID per day. These are the facts. So here's where we stand. The path ahead, even with the Delta variant, is not nearly as bad as last winter what makes it incredibly more frustrating is that we have the tools to combat COVID-19 and a distinct minority of Americans supported by a distinct minority of elected officials are keeping us from turning the corner. These pandemic politics, as I refer to are, make, are making people sick, causing unvaccinated people to die. We cannot allow these actions to stand in the way of protecting the large majority of Americans who have done their part and want to get back to life as normal. As your president, I'm announcing tonight a new plan to require more Americans to be vaccinated to combat those blocking public health. My plan also increases testing, protects our economy, and will make our kids safer in schools. It consists of six broad areas of action and many specific measures in each each those actions you can read more about in whitehouse.gov, whitehouse.gov. The measures, these are gonna take time to have full impact, but if we implement them, I believe and the scientists indicate that the months ahead, we can reduce the number of unvaccinated Americans, decrease hospitalizations and deaths, and allow our children to go to school safely and keep our economy strong by keeping businesses open. First, we must increase vaccinations among the unvaccinated with new vaccination requirements. With nearly 80 million eligible Americans who have not gotten vaccinated, many said they were waiting for approval from the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. Last month, the FDA granted that approval. So, Time for waiting is over. This summer, we made progress through the combination of vaccine requirements and incentives, as well as the FDA approval. Four million more people got their first shot in August than they did in July. But we need to do more. This is not about freedom or personal choice. It's about protecting yourself and those around you, the people you work with, the people you care about. People you love. My job as president is to protect all Americans. So tonight, I'm announcing that the Department of Labor is developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated or show a negative test at least once a week. Some of the biggest companies are already requiring this. United Airlines, Disney, Tyson's Food, and even Fox News. The bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated coworkers. We're going to reduce the spread of COVID-19 by increasing the share of the workforce that is vaccinated in businesses all across America. My plan will extend the vaccination requirements that I previously issued in the healthcare field. Already, I've announced we'll be requiring vaccinations at all nursing home workers who treat patients on Medicare and Medicaid because I have that federal authority. Tonight, I'm using that same authority to expand that to cover those who work in hospitals, home healthcare facilities, or other medical facilities total of 17 million healthcare workers. If you're seeking care at a health facility, you should be able to know that the people treating you are vaccinated. Simple, straightforward, period. Next, I will sign an executive order that will now require all executive branch, federal employees to be vaccinated, all. I've signed another executive order that will require federal contractors do the same if you want to work with the federal government and do business with us get vaccinated if you want to do business with the federal government vaccinate your workforce and tonight i'm removing one of the last remaining obstacles that make it difficult for you to get vaccinated the department of labor will require employers with 100 or more workers to give those workers paid time off to get vaccinated no one should lose pay in order to get vaccinated or take a loved one to get vaccinated. Today, in total, the vaccine requirements in my plan will affect about 100 million Americans, two-thirds of all workers. And for other sectors, I issue this appeal to those of you running large entertainment venues, from sports arenas, to concert venues, to movie theaters, Please require folks to get vaccinated or show a negative test as a condition of entry. And to the nation's family physicians, pediatricians, GPs, general practitioners, you're the most trusted medical voice to your patients. You may be the one person who can get someone to change their mind about being vaccinated. Tonight, I'm asking each of you to reach out to your unvaccinated patients over the next two weeks, make a personal appeal to them to get the shot. America needs your personal involvement in this critical effort. My message to unvaccinated Americans is this. What more is there to wait for? What more do you need to see? We've made vaccinations free, safe, and convenient. The vaccine is FDA approval. Over 200 million Americans have gotten at least one shot. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. So please, do the right thing. Just don't take it from me. Listen to the voices of unvaccinated Americans who are lying in hospital beds, taking their final breath, saying, if only I'd gotten vaccinated. If only it's a tragedy. Please don't let it become yours. Second piece of my plan is continuing to protect the vaccinated. The vast majority of you who have gotten vaccinated. I understand your anger at those who haven't gotten vaccinated. I understand the anxiety about getting a breakthrough case. But as the science makes clear, If you're fully vaccinated, you're highly protected from severe illness, even if you get COVID-19. In fact, recent data indicates there is only one confirmed positive case per 5,000 fully vaccinated Americans per day. You're as safe as possible. and We're doing everything we can to keep it that way. Keep it that way. Keep you safe. That's where boosters come in the shots that give you even more protection than after your second shot. Now, I know there's been some confusion about boosters, so let me be clear. Last month, our top government doctors announced an initial plan for booster shots for vaccinated Americans. They believe that the booster is likely to provide the highest level of protection yet. Of course, the decision of which booster shots to give, when to start them, and who will give them, will be left completely to the scientists at the FDA and the Centers for Disease Control. While we wait, we've done our part. We bought enough boosters, enough booster shots, and the distribution system is ready to administer them. As soon as they're authorized, those eligible will be able to get a booster right away in tens of thousands of sites across, the, sites across the country, for most Americans, at your nearby drugstore, and for free. The third piece of my plan is keeping, and maybe the most important, is keeping our children safe and our schools open. For any parent, it doesn't matter how low the risk of any illness or accident is when it comes to your child or grandchild. Trust me, I know. So, Let me speak to you directly let me speak to you directly to help ease some of your worries It comes down to two separate categories children ages 12 and older who are eligible for a vaccine now and children ages 11 and under who are not yet eligible the safest thing for your child 12 and older is to get them vaccinated they get vaccinated for a lot of things that's it get them vaccinated as of the adults, almost all the serious COVID-19 cases we're seeing among adolescents are in unvaccinated 12 to 17-year-olds, an age group that lags behind in vaccination rates. So parents, please get your teenager vaccinated. What about children under the age of 12 who can't get vaccinated yet? Well, the best way for a parent to protect their child under the age of 12 starts at home. Every parent, every teen sibling, every caregiver around them should be vaccinated. Children have four times higher chance of getting hospitalized if they live in a state with low vaccination rates rather than states with high vaccination rates. Now, if you're a parent of a young child, you're wondering when will it be, when will it be the vaccine available for them? I strongly support independent scientific review vaccine uses for children under 12. We can't take shortcuts for that scientific work, but I've made it clear. I will do everything within my power to support the FDA with any resource it needs to continue to do this as safely and as quickly as possible. And our nation's top doctors are committed to keeping the public at large updated on the process so parents can plan out of the schools. We know that if schools follow the science and implement the safety measures like testing, masking, adequate ventilation systems which we provided the money for, social distancing, and vaccinations, and children can be safe from COVID-19 in schools. Today, about 90% of school staffs and teachers are vaccinated. We should get that to 100%. My administration has already acquired teachers at the schools run by the Defense Department because I have the authority as president of the federal system, the Defense Department and the Interior Department to get vaccinated. That's authority I possess. Tonight, I'm announcing that we require all of nearly 300,000 educators in the federal program Head Start program must be vaccinated as well to protect your youngest our youngest, most precious Americans and give parents their comfort and tonight I'm calling on all governors to require vaccination. We need more to step up. Vaccination requirements in schools are nothing new. They work. They're overwhelmingly supported by educators and their unions all school officials trying to do the right thing by our children. I'll always be on your side. Let me be blunt. My plan also takes on elected officials in states that are undermining you in these life-saving actions. Right now, local school officials are trying to keep children safe in a pandemic while their governor picks a fight with them and even threatens their salaries or their jobs. Talk about bullying in schools. If they'll not help, these governors won't help us beat the pandemic. I'll use my power as president to get them out of the way. The Department of Education has already begun to take legal action against states undermining protection that local school officials have ordered. Any teacher or school official whose pay is withheld for doing the right thing We will have that pay restored by the federal government 100%. I promise you, I will have your back. The fourth piece of my plan is increasing testing and masking. From the start, America has failed to do enough COVID-19 testing. In order to better detect and control the Delta variant, I'm taking steps tonight to make testing more available, more affordable, and more convenient. I'll use the Defense Production Act to increase production of rapid tests, including those that you can use at home. While that production is ramping up, my administration has worked with top retailers like Walmart, Amazon, and Kroger. And tonight, we're announcing that no later than next week, each of these outlets will start to sell at-home rapid test kits. At cost for the next three months, this immediate pr- price reduction for at-home test kits for up to 35 percent reduction. We'll also expand expand free testing at 10,000 pharmacies around the country. And we'll commit. We're committing two billion dollars to purchase nearly 300 million rapid tests for distribution to community health centers food banks, schools, so that every American, no matter their income, can access free and convenient tests. This is important to everyone, particularly for a parent or a child with a child not old enough to be vaccinated. You'll be able to test them at home, and test those around them. In addition to testing, we know masking helps stop the spread of COVID-19. That's why when I came into office, I required masks for all federal buildings and on federal lands, on airlines and other modes of transportation. Today, tonight, I'm announcing that the Transportation Safety Administration, the TSA, will double the fines on travelers that refuse to mask. If you break the rules, be prepared to pay. And by the way, show some respect. The anger you see on television toward flight attendants and others doing their job is wrong, it's ugly. The fifth piece of my plan is protecting our economic recovery. Because of our vaccination program and the American Rescue Plan, which we passed early in my administration, we've had record job creation for a new administration economic growth unmatched in 40 years we cannot let unvaccinated do this progress undo it turn it back so tonight i'm announcing additional steps to strengthen our economic recovery we'll be expanding covid 19 economic injury disaster loan programs that's a program that's going to allow small businesses to borrow up to two million dollars from the current $500,000 to keep going if COVID-19 impacts on their sales. These low-interest, long-term loans require no repayment for two years, and we can use to hire and retain workers, purchase inventory, or even pay down higher-cost debt racked up since the pandemic began. I'll also be taking additional steps to help small businesses stay afloat during the pandemic. Sixth. We're gonna continue to improve the care of those who do get COVID-19. In early July, I announced the deployment of surge response teams. These are teams comprised of experts from the Department of Health and Human Services, the CDC, the Defense Department, and the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, to areas in the country that need help to stem the spread of COVID-19. Since then, the federal government has deployed nearly 1,000 staff, including doctors, nurses, paramedics, into 18 states. Today, I'm announcing that the Defense Department will double the number of military health teams that they'll deploy to help their fellow Americans and hospitals around the country. Additionally, we're increasing the availability of new medicines recommended by real doctors, not conspiracy, conspiracy theorists. The monoclonal antibody treatments have been shown to reduce the risk of hospitalization by up to 70% for unvaccinated people at risk of developing severe disease. We've already distributed 1.4 million courses of these treatments to save lives and reduce the strain on hospitals. Tonight, I'm announcing we will increase the average pace of shipment across the country of free monoclonal antibody treatments by another 50%. Before I close, let me say this. Communities of color are disproportionately impacted by this virus. And as we continue to battle COVID-19, we will ensure that equity continues to be at the center of our response. We'll ensure that everyone is reached. My first responsibility as president is to protect the American people and make sure we have enough vaccine for every American including enough boosters for every American who's approved to get one. We also know this virus transcends borders. That's why even as we execute this plan at home, we need to continue fighting the virus overseas, continue to be the arsenal of vaccines. We're proud to have donated nearly 140 million vaccines over 90 countries more than all other countries combined, including Europe. China and Russia combined. That's American leadership on a global stage, and that's just the beginning. We've also now started to ship another 500 million COVID vaccines, Pfizer vaccines, purchased to donate to 100 lower-income countries in need of vaccines. And I'll be announcing additional steps to help the rest of the world later this month. As I recently released the. Uh, key parts of my pandemic preparedness plan so that America isn't caught flat-footed with a new pandemic comes again, as it will. Next month, I'm also gonna release the plan in greater detail. So let me close with this. We have so, we've made so much progress during the past seven months of this pandemic. The recent increases in vaccinations in August already are having an impact in some states where case counts are dropping in recent days. Even so, we we remain at a critical moment, a critical time. We have the tools. Now we just have to finish the job with truth, with science, with confidence, and together as one nation. Look, we're the United States of America. There's nothing, not a single thing we're unable to do if we do it together. So let's stay together. God bless you all and all those who continue to serve on the front lines of this pandemic. And may God protect our troops. Get vaccinated.
0: That was the speech, and I wanted to wanted you to hear it um, unedited. I didn't want you to hear the sound bites. Um, I wanted you to get the full, full impact of his speech and what he is saying. Um, So that's why this, this, his speech is in an entirely different segment than my opening. And um, well, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to take a short break and I'm going to be back with my response. You are listening to the Black Eye Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Black Eye Podcast. I am your host, Michelle. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a frog in my throat. Um, but everything's fine. I'm good. I'm good. Um, well. In the previous segment, I gave it all over to President Joe Biden, to uh, his comments, to you know what he meant and what he said, because I thought it was very important important for you to understand what he said and you know hear his own words and what he said specifically. Okay, and then I can I feel better commenting. And responding to what he said, um, because it is out in the open and in full, you know, you understand the context to which I'm responding. So, obviously, what he's doing now is making a war on the unvaccinated. That's what it is, it's an all out war on the unvaccinated. Now, no matter where you stand on this, and um, Surprisingly, a lot, a lot of people, a huge number of people, are for it. But no matter where you stand on it, it is very clear that the unvaccinated are the new villains of the day. Very clear. Even though there are some reports that show that the unvaccinated are, uh, if you're tested every week and you don't have COVID nineteen, of course you're not spreading COVID nineteen. You've heard me say. It. It, time and time again, you heard me repeat it. It's true. If you don't have it, you can't spread it. You're not giving it to anybody. You're not endangering it, anybody. You're not carrying COVID-19 in your bloodstream, unless you have antibodies, of course. But, um, nevertheless, the narrative goes forward. He's making war on the unvaccinated. And he says very clearly, you know, this is the pandemic of the unvaccinated. And I, I have some I have an article here from blaze media <clears throat> excuse me which um actually contradicts that a little bit um and I, I advise you to go check out young Ripper 59, he's a youtuber and he um broke down the hospitalizations in the united states and how mon- how many and how much of those hospitalizations were actually due to COVID, and that the it was not as many due to COVID. As was insinuated, because they're they saying they tell you, oh, the hospitals are overwhelmed, but we never really actually see it. We only hear, um, um, we only hear about it. We only hear about it. There's no pictures. They have people do some dramatic stuff. You know, doctors come out and say we're against the unvaccinated. Uh, you have Jimmy Kimmel coming out saying that the unvaccinated, if it's a unvaccinated person and a heart attack person. I'll, I'll let you hear that in his own words, um, and we'll talk about that later, perhaps in a, in another segment, um, the whole attitude toward the, the unvaccinated and how this has been cultivated in the culture, even though it's not entirely true. So you heard what he said about jobs. You know, he's using OSHA. I don't know how constitutional it is. To uh, make sure that any company who has a hundred, a uh, hundred employees or more, get vaccination, get um, have vaccines. They have to have be vaccinated. So if they have a hundred employees or more, they have to get vaccinated. Um, you heard him say that, um, you know, he's protecting the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. And you heard him tell his little stories and weave his little web of tales about um, personal responsibility. And he's very clear about saying how this is not about your freedom. He's very clear about that. It's not about your freedom. It's not about your choice. It's about the safety. And he pounds that point home like a, it's a hammer and, and a, what do you call the thing that you beat the hammer on? But it's it's, you know, it's the hammer. He's beating the hammer. You know, it's your responsibility. It's your personal choice. It's not your personal choice. It's, your, it's my responsibility to keep you safe. And then we go on, and I'm not doing this all in order. Um, you know, again, you can go back and hear the speech for yourself. He is giving the option to be tested every week because, I mean, okay, what happens, you know, when the person still refuses to get vaccinated. What are you going to do then? How are you going to, uh, uh, you know, implement what are you going to do to this employee? I mean, this is the thing you're, everybody's decrying, all the businesses, all the corporations, they're clutching their pearls and they're, they're decrying that there is a, a labor shortage, which is BS. It's not a labor shortage. It's a worker shortage. And, um, they can't find workers to fill these jobs. And, oh, my God, what are they doing? You know, and, and they blame the, the the unemployment benefits. And they say, oh, well, you know, they're paying you to stay home. Even though people, you know, somewhere in Hawaii, somebody gets unemployment that's $5, and the extra $300 just helps, keeps them from going on the street. But that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. They take the highest unemployment A person can get excuse me um i think new york is the highest with 504 a week so at the 300 that's 800 a week and they take the highest form of unemployment and they beat that drum these people are getting 800 dollars a week to stay home when that is some of the people but certainly not the majority of the people some people aren't even getting that but they're going to pound these narratives home and now that the um the, the rent moratorium has expired. Now that the unemployment benefit, that extra $300, has expired, now they want to push people into the workforce. And how are they going to do that? They're going to make it impossible for you um, not to work. But they're going to also make it impossible for you to work. So, um, earlier today, because I was up, oh, last night I had, I, Did the recordings? I don't know how many recordings I did last night about these mandates and about the vaccine mandates. Um, Some of them are going to be on my Patreon. I don't think I'm going to make them all here in this um, um, in this particular episode because it turns out that this episode was much bigger than I had anticipated, and there was a a lot more I wanted to talk about than um, I originally thought. So um yeah so he's making war against the unvaccinated and here we are we're at war the president of the united states is making war against the unvaccinated now wherever you stand on this i'm sorry to tell you but you're on the wrong side of it you're on the wrong side of it because anytime washington uses bureaucrats and osha we didn't vote for osha okay this if you're going to put forth something like this it should be argued it should be put before Congress. It should be um, hammered out daily, every day, and then people should at least have a say in it, one way or the other. But at least somebody is fighting for the rights and the freedoms of everyone, and not just for the freedoms and rights of the elite. Because really, elitist people are the ones who are yelling the most about their vaccination status, and 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 the the filthy unvaccinated roaming around in their world, causing breakthrough infections when that in itself is not a true story. I don't know how many times I have talked to people who work side by side with a fully vaccinated person, the person is vaccinated, uh, unvaccinated, and the person who is vaccinated gets sick, and the person who is unvaccinated is fine. But that's not the narrative that they want to go in. They need a demon right now. And I like to talk about why. This is happening because you remember Joe Biden said he didn't believe that uh, mass mandates and vaccine mandates should come from the federal government. He said that, he said that, that it, it, these things shouldn't come from the federal government. But I think there is also some reasoning behind this, there's a big reason behind this, and I know uh people are going to say, Well, Michelle, you're reaching very far from this. There's, there's a two fold political reason. One is Afghanistan. He wants to turn the page on Afghanistan. Biden wants to turn the page on Afghanistan. Afghanistan was a blunder, a disaster, a deplorable mess, and it's still a mess. It's a it's a mess that's reverberating all throughout the the, the I'm going to say the universe, but the world, you know, our allies. Excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Are not pleased with how this has been handled. I don't even think people have been informed correctly on what to do and how to get it done. There, there are people in United States um, in Afghanistan, who can't come home. I mean, some people are leaving. I think two a plane of two hundred are leaving as I am recording this podcast. But still, and all, there are people who refuse to leave without their family members, and rightfully so. This is a debacle, and I'm not saying that he should have stayed in there. I, I believe, one hundred percent and wholeheartedly, that we should have come home. I didn't. I was. I was there with 9-11, but obviously we did not achieve the the, you know, it. it what we were meant to achieve, we did not do. The goal was not met because the, the Taliban came in there, rolled over it in less than seventy two hours, and it's already cabal, They're, They they fall. All, they, all the Taliban had to do was blow really hard and everything else fell. So it was a house of cards. And look, I don't even want to talk about how inept the entire administration was and the generals and all these people. What the hell were they doing? But I don't want to digress on that. The testing. I guess that's going to come to uh, the individual. You're going to have to pay for the testing every week. and. Um, as I was saying, I believe it's Afghanistan. He wants to turn the page on Afghanistan. And the the clue he gives me when he, he speaks is, this is world leadership. Because he's talking about the vaccines. And I think that's a little bit toward the end. Um, when he's talking about how, you know, the United States has given all these vaccines out to all these people. And blah, blah, blah. And that's leadership on the world stage. And then I, I, like, I'm on my computer there and I look up and I go, huh. That's an interesting turn of phrase, leadership on a world stage. So those little buzzwords in there. He's also talking about his authority to do this and that and the other thing. And this is largely political, and this is largely against the Republican governors. This is largely against dissent. There are people who are dissenting. Businesses in New York City are dissenting from de Blasio. They're serving people who are unvaccinated. They're allowing them into their stores, and they're taking the fines. The fines are $1,000, $10,000, whatever. They're taking the fines, and they're taking de Blasio to court. There's a lawsuit, and I have no doubt that President Biden will face lawsuits all over the country. Uh, This is a fight, and let me tell you why it's such a big fight. It's because of California. California is in flux. There is some kind of indication that uh, Larry Elder is giving Newsom a run for their money. And that even though the, the Democrats are displaying this kind of confidence that, you know, Newsom has this in the bag, um, that's not what's looking, that's not how it's looking on the ground. And you see this because the the establishment there in California, They're going all out on Larry Elder. They're going all out on Larry Elder. They're going all out. Because if California goes red, the Democrats are fucked. And I don't mean screwed, I mean fucked. Like, whoa, California, red. And they have to do everything. In their power to keep that from happening. And what is in the power of the head of the Democrat Party? It is to smack down resistance. It is to smack down Ron DeSantis. It's to smack down. I forgot the name of the Texas governor there. It is to do this. And any other Republican who or or business who will rise up against what the president. Has declared because right now we're not, you know, somebody elected him 80 million people supposedly elected this man. And you know, wherever you stand on the election thing, I'm not here to tell you what to believe and what not to believe. I'm just looking at some things and I'm thinking that's interesting because that's what I do. I'm a news junkie, so I sit around and look at things and I look, I hear uh, news reports, I read news reports, and I think to myself, that's very interesting. So, what Biden has to do now is he has to stand up and be leadership material. And you know who also adopted this, de Blasio, because now they have to be strong. De Blasio is out. He's out. He's done. You know, God, I'm counting the hours, the minutes, the months, all the things that people count to end a, a terrible situation. I'm counting whenever God, get him out. Too. But he's looking at the governorship. He's looking at being governor. He's putting his little toe in there to, 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 to be the governor of New York. And I pray, God, I pray, do not allow this man to become governor. Send him into the oblivion where he belongs. Push him away. Put him on the alternate reality bus and let it go off somewhere into the great beyond. When we think of de Blasio, we want to think of him as he is no longer here. But I'm going back to the mandates because these are tying in. You know, uh, New York City has the vaccine passport nonsense where you can't sit in a restaurant and have uh, anything, you know. And if you're caught, because they have, he actually, as crime is rising, by the way, Crime is rising. So he, he instead of employing police to counteract crime, he's employing some kind of officers to go into businesses and look and, and check people for passports, vaccine passports. And if people, if uh, uh, the unvaccinated happen to be in your establishment, the business could get fined up to $10,000 or something like that. I have to look it up. I know it's, it's, it's a money. They're going to take a fine. Struggling businesses during a pandemic. Fighting to stay alive. You have to deal with this. You have to have somebody at your front door. You got to pay an extra person to sit there and look at vaccine passports. I talked about this before. I'm not going to bore you with it again. But here we are. And the reason why he's doing that, and it's not for your health because he wants to look strong as a governor he wants to look strong he wants to say i took control i commanded the situation i forced people to get vaccination and they're all taking that playbook because you know they sense the the discontent They sense the discontent. They know there's discontent here. I mean, there are protesting, uh, picket lines all across the United States, Nabisco, truck drivers, um, coal miners. All of these things are not being covered. Why? Because they don't want you to see what's really going on. There's a huge disconnect. Uh, Disconnect, yes, and discontent. It's outrageous. I talked in the previous podcast about Dr. Fauci and how he should be gone. Because every time you look at him, you know he lied. They have more documents showing how he lied. He, He lied. He lied about gain of function. The mainstream media, or the legacy media, CNN, they're not talking about that. They're not pressing him on that. When I see him, I see a person who is no longer viable. He's no longer trustworthy. But I'm digressing again. Here I go. Mm. Bringing it back to the vaccine man. Okay, so I wonder what caused him to test, and this is why this is this is what I believe has caused him to change his mind, uh, Biden. Like it caused Biden to change his mind because he was very adamant about not uh, mandating anything from the White House. But since he's been down in the polls, since he's been drowning in disaster. Now he wants to come out he's he's the most coherent I have ever seen him. Let me just say, I don't know how you feel about it, but good Lord. he's coming out now as a strong leader. and it's politics. I would like to say it's a it's, a, it's, it's everything that you could ever possibly want. It's a grand opportunity. What did Obama say? Never waste a good uh, disaster or something like that. Uh, I forgot, it. I'm paraphrasing it, but it, it, it's exactly what's going on here. So he took the fears, or they took the fears, I don't know if Biden is actually thinking this way, of people, of the Delta variant. And then I'm going to talk about that in a little bit because. You know, he, he he keeps saying this is the vaccine. The, the excuse me, the pandemic of the unvaccinated, and while unvaccinated people are susceptible to um, to to the virus, of course, that that narrative is not entirely true, and is certainly not shedding light on the entirety of the situation. But it's, the, the law affects private businesses. Businesses who were um, a little skeptical about actually implementing a vaccine mandate, this gives them an out. The thing I'm curious about, and I, I don't know, what do you think? Are, are they curious about actually, how are you going to enforce this? I mean, businesses are struggling as it is. They're struggling. Consumer confidence is down. And this push, this push, coming from Washington, is not good. It's a big, big, big bad. I'm putting it in simplest terms possible. It's bad. You know, fire's bad, tree pretty, this is bad. And on the surface, it looks like it's a sensible thing to do. Look at him. He's taking responsibility for um, the deaths on his watch. He's being a strong hand. He's got a strong leadership, and he keeps using those words, I'm here to protect you. Scariest words I've ever heard from any government official. It is our duty to keep you safe. And he's clear, it's not about your freedom, it's not about your choice, it's about your duty, even though the science does not necessarily support what they're saying. Anyways, I wanted to address other things here about his speech. Pretty much straightforward. Oh yeah, he touched upon black people and equity. Equity. As if the problem with black people and black and hesitancy in the vaccination is all about white privilege. It has absolutely nothing to do with that. And once again, how black people feel as human beings is glossed over in light of some virtue signal. So, I'm going to take a quick break here, and I'm going to come back with um, some other uh, further uh, reactions to the speech. But also, I'm going to put up some challenges, because there's a couple articles here that um, absolutely challenge what uh, Biden is saying and challenges the narrative. And it's important that you hear those. Because they're not going to be reported on the mainstream media, and um, it's important that we we listen to it and and take into account. All I'm saying is I'm looking. I'm not in my head, and I go, hmm, that's interesting. So I'm going to take a few minutes, and I'll be right back. <laughs> You are listening to the Black Eye Podcast. Hello, and I'm back. Uh, I told you this particular episode was going to be a lot longer than I had anticipated because I wanted to cover so many parts to the speech. And um, I'm very, I, you know, I try to connect all the dots, but. Uh, you know i digress so i'm coming back to one of the great um statements that our president made about this being the vaccine. this you know, i keep saying the vaccine this being the pandemic of the unvaccinated uh excuse me i had something to drink there um i came across an article and shout out to a youtuber young gripper59 who made me aware of this because I do subscribe to the Blaze. But it's one of these um reports that you you're not gonna see in the mainstream media and you're not gonna see it in the mainstream media because it doesn't fit with the narrative. And I suspected this and of course I'm not a knowledgeable person and I'm not a scientist or anything like that. But I do like pay attention to patterns. And I pay attention to how mainstream media how they all echo the same types of patterns almost word for word and it's obvious to me and maybe not to you i don't know that there is someone giving them a line to say and an idea to propagate and so i i i come at this thinking to myself that's interesting why are you saying that and why are you saying this but every so often And, you know, all reporters are not, uh, you know, have not fallen under the Democratic spell or the the, the spell of the Democrats, I should say. Um, And a story like this comes along and it's entitled by Phil Shriver and it's entitled Report. Fully vaccinated make up 30 to 40 percent of COVID hospitalizations in Maryland counties and the number is increasingly, is increasing rapidly. OK, and it goes on to read this. Health data coming out of Maryland is reportedly leading to growing concerns about the waning effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccines, especially against the Delta variant. While the details still show that the majority of state residents hospitalized with the virus are unvaccinated now or partially vaccinated, fully vaccinated individuals are starting to account for a larger share. Infections, illness, and hospitalizations are increasing rapidly among fully vaccinated people, according to the data from the Maryland Department of Health and New Research, WBAL-TV reported on Tuesday. The outlet said the trend has led some public health experts to argue, quote, it's time to refrain thinking about the message on vaccines to note that they won't necessarily keep you from getting sick but they will increase your chance of survival. Over the past three months in Anne Arundel County, about 30% of the people hospitalized with COVID-19 are fully vaccinated. That's 30%. That's a lot, the report stated. There's a similar time frame and trend in neighboring Howard County, where a health official said roughly 30 to 40% of people hospitalized with COVID-19 are fully vaccinated. And Arundel County Health, uh, Health Officer, Dr. Nalish Kalamaranan, I hope I pronounced that correctly, uh, blamed the trend on waning vaccine efficacy alongside the rise of the Delta variant. Goes on to quote, because Delta spreads more easily and causes more severe cases, we do see some hospitalizations, Kalamaranan explained. While Maryland. While the Maryland data is currently being framed as an outlier, there are indicators that it's part of a national trend. Public health experts and mainstream media figures for weeks have inundated the American public with the line that the unvaccinated individuals presently account for nearly all of the COVID-19 hospitalizations, usually citing a figure between 95 and 98%. But as the Blaze's Daniel Harhoods pointed out earlier this month, Those figures were pulled from a range six-month analysis produced by the U.S. Centers of Disease Control and Prevention. When looking more closely at the month-to-month figures, one can see that the percentage share of hospitalizations among fully vaccinated people has been steadily ticking upward since the start of the year. Let me read that again. But as The Blaze, I'm reading the whole paragraph now. The Blaze, as Daniel Harwoods pointed out earlier this month, those figures were pulled from a ranged six-month analysis produced by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So it's not even like current at this point. It's it's over the six-month period. So you think about six months ago, the the vaccines weren't um, readily available to everyone, right? Okay, so going on to the next sentence. When looking more closely to at the month-by-month month figures, one can see that the percentage share of hospitalizations among fully vaccinated people has been steadily ticking upward since the start of the year. In June alone, fully vaccinated people made up 16% of the nation's COVID-19 hospitalizations. Given the rapid acceleration of waning immunity, inquiring minds would like to know what that number will look like heading into September, Harwitz noted. Though acknowledging the new data as concerning, health experts in Maryland are still encouraging residents to get vaccinated as a way to boost their immune response against the virus. It's critical to get your vaccine to decrease your chance of getting hospitalized, Cameron told WABL. And it also, it turns out, long COVID, those lingering symptoms are much less likely to happen in vaccinated as well. So there are a lot of good reasons to get vaccinated. But the number, and and I talked about this in the previous segment, and, and probably in other segments, that most people, you know, and, and I did talk about this before, um, the the vaccination and the status of vaccination has been dividing people. You know, uh, Jennifer Aniston came out and said she's going to, you know, cut people off who aren't vaccinated. And a lot of people you know, have adopted that, that, um, that attitude. You know, if you're not vaccinated, we can't be friends. We, you know, um, there was an article that was talking about how you should um, disinvite your relatives if they're not vaccinated. And, you know, it's splitting people apart. So most people who are vaccinated are no longer, for the most part, socializing with people who are unvaccinated. And if you are, excuse me, at a work or at a job site and you're working side by side with an unvaccinated person, chances are that person is getting tested probably once or twice a week for COVID. So they don't have it. And how then do you explain how people who are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, completely vaccinated, are coming down with COVID-19, are having these so-called breakthrough viruses. And I don't, you know, I I have to agree with my fellow YouTuber. I'm not a YouTuber, but, you know, it's no longer breakthrough because there's a lot of people who are, contracting COVID-19 now, who are fully vaccinated. Thank God they're not getting, um, you know, severely ill. But they they are getting sick. You know, they're sick. You know, it's not a hop, skip, and a jump. It's, you know, they're sick. So they are getting COVID, and they are getting the breakthroughs. Well, I, you know, they're not breakthroughs anymore. They're happening a more often than breakthroughs. And how do you explain that? Then That they're getting sick and the person who was unvaccinated getting their weekly test, they're not sick. They're not. How do you explain that? I don't know. I'm not pretending to know. I'm just saying, you know, that's interesting. I'm looking at it. I'm listening to it. I'm watching it. I think that's interesting. That's something interesting to look at, an interesting question to ask. So when they say that it is, it is this, and and again, let's look at Israel. Israel is, what is it, 80% 90% fully vaccinated? You know, they, their vaccination rate is high, like, uber high. And they're still fighting COVID-19 The people in the hospital are not unvaccinated. The people in the hospitals are vaccinated. So I push back against the narrative that this is the pandemic of the unvaccinated because that's not true. Not entirely. I find that interesting. And they they that data was released, right? remember when that data was released you remember that the data was released how you know israel was uh, about 80 or 90 percent of their population was fully vaccinated and then suddenly they came down with COVID, and they were they had hospitalizations and you know it, it was a big deal they're the ones who are talking about the booster how the the vaccine the efficacy of the vaccine begins to wane after so many months and how you know they're the ones who who got all this talk going. And all of a sudden now, the narrative, and they're still sticking to this narrative, is that it is the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Totally throwing out the, uh, the whole study that we heard, what, how many weeks ago now? How many weeks was it? Two, three weeks? That this isn't just a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is just a pandemic. And that while the vaccination will help you, you still get sick. They're pushing this narrative, and the president is pushing this narrative. And he's pushing this narrative by making war against the unvaccinated. I've, I've talked about this. I talked about it ad infinitum. I know everybody's tired of it, but yeah. I can't help yelling tripe when tripe is being served. (laughs) And, you know, again, here we are. Here we are. Here's the narrative. Here is the narrative. You heard his words. You know, those are not my words. Those are his words. He's, he's, he's using the power of the government to essentially bully people, businesses, basically governors this is all political I said this in the previous segment this is political because he needs to tramp down on he needs to be seen as strong number one he needs to be seen as strong because right now in the in the Afghanistan tobacco. He's seen as weak. So he's got to reclaim that narrative. He's got to come out of this strong. He's got to come out of the gate. He's got to smack down DeSantis, the Texas governor, any other person, any other governor who's going to fight against him. He's got to smack that down. He's got to smack down big business. If big business is not going along with this or anybody who's going to fight him on this or you're going to resist, he's got to smack that down. You've got to be seen as the leader who has the reins of this unbridled population, 80 million people. And then there's a thing here. You know, the numbers keep being played around. First he says it's 175 million. Then he says it's 200 million. Then it's 80 million people. Then it's 100 and some million people. I'm thinking to myself, well, how many people, how, how many people are actually vaccinated? Because when I look up, Online, And I asked, you know, how many people are actually vaccinated? It doesn't come up at 75%. It really doesn't come up at 75%, uh, uh, 75%, 200 million people. It comes up nowhere near that. I find that very interesting. But they're telling us that two-thirds of Americans are vaccinated. Let's go with that. And now he wants to come against The remainder of people who are unvaccinated. 75 million people is a huge rip-roaring success in a country of 322 million people. That's a rip-roaring success. I think that's a, a success. And no matter where you stand on this, you know, the chickens always come home to roost. I found them fathers, whether you like them or you don't like them. But, you know, Benjamin Franklin had his little finger on the pulse there when he says when you give up essential liberties for safety, you deserve neither safety or liberty. How long will this go on? There's no end date. There's no this is temporary until we get control of the situation. This isn't even two weeks to, to to slow the spread. We know now, or at least they're telling us that this is an endemic, that the COVID nineteen the coronavirus is endemic. What does that mean? What does that mean? Mask all the time, and and the vaccine mandate. How when does that stop? When does that end? Does it mean that if you, you, you don't want to get the third jab that you can lose your job? You don't want to get the fourth jab, you're going lose your job, and you don't want to get a jab every year after? What happens then? They're going to be fining business as you do not comply. I think I read somewhere up for upward of fourteen thousand dollars if you are you know not compliant with the government rules which means once again this big spending patch because it's and again i'm going to go back to the po- politics you know what do they say that the unvaccinated are keeping them for, re- for keeping of uh, the recovery or preventing the recovery why are the unvaccinated preventing the recovery because There's a lot of reasons here. I only named two. It was one it was um, you know, Afghanistan, and two, I believe it's they know that um, Newsom is going to be recalled. He's in danger. They're putting on an air of actual uh, confidence. They believe that it's all in Newsom's favor. <coughs> Excuse me. The ball is in their court, they feel. Um, they have the polls on their side, the polls, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We all know how that works for Democrats, so I'm really confident that News- uh, Newsom is going to be recalled based on that alone. But anyways, they, they, they're very confident that Newsom is going to win. He won't be recalled. And they're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at Larry Elder. Everything, including the kitchen sink. The toilet, everything. Mainstream media, the the so-called liberals. You know they hate racism, and they'll they'll call you a racist anytime that you disagree with them. It's because you're a racist. Well, something racist happened to Larry Elder. They so a woman dressed in a gorilla suit threw an egg at it. It missed. It's a disgusting behavior. Do you think mainstream media covered that? No. But Larry Elder is going to come in and he's going to lift the mass mandates. He's going to help businesses, small businesses, because those are the ones who are really suffering out there. He's going to turn things around, reopen California, and get it turned back around so that people can go you know, and have their businesses, have their livelihoods, save themselves, you know, while they still can. Don't forget, millions of people lost their businesses because of these lockdowns. Larry Elder, a Republican, a black man, a Republican, wins the governorship of California. They are. They know it. They're fucked. 2022 is right around the corner. They're probably going to lose the house. The house is gone. He knows. Biden knows he's had a short time to pass that ridiculous $1.3 trillion bill. A short time. because. They're going to lose. They know that there's um, unrest. There's unrest. There's a great deal of it. And this is his attempt to remind the base. Because the the, the unrest is among the base, too. Not just among the people who didn't vote for, for Biden. But it's among the unrest. The unrest, the unrest, the unrest is among. The Democrats as well. So this is his attempt to appease the base, to stop out any dissent, to anything he might do from here on in, to turn the page on Afghanistan, to quote-unquote regain his leadership position in the world, And and I could go on and on. There's there's a lot of little things, but I don't even know if Biden is cognizant enough to be that insidious. Obviously it's it's people around him. But the lie that they're propagating, propagating now. You know, the unvaccinated. The unvaccinated. Being the new boogeyman now. Not Afghanistan. Not the Taliban. Not unvaccinated people um, walking over the border. Testing positive for COVID. Going into cities everywhere. All over the country. Not those people. But you. And me. American citizens. We're the enemy. And what's sad about it, what's really sad about it, is how many people are okay with it. They're okay with it. They're okay. They're like, this is the right thing to do. You know, they're all right with you being marginalized. They're all right with you being uh, penalized. They're okay with that. Now, I I think if you don't take the vaccine and you get tested, I don't think that's unreasonable entirely not entirely, but let's be clear here. That's not what they're going for. They want you to get the jab, and they're going to do everything in their power to make certain that your life is hell until you do. Because, you know, the vaccine passport in New York, that doesn't matter if you have, you tested negative. It doesn't matter. You have to be vaccinated in order to go sit uh, into a concert. And you heard what President Biden said. If you have a concert and a venue, because earlier this weekend, for people who, who are uh, around, the football stadium was packed. In Florida, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Dallas Cowboys. 70,000 people sold out, no vaccine mandates, no uh, mask mandates, none of them, sold out, college bas- uh college football, I forgot what team that was, stadium sold out, no social distancing, no, max- no masks, no vaccine passports, sold out, crazy. And people were, were chanting "fuck Biden," but you know that's that's another point. <clears throat> but that's what's going on, you know. And I I not even really cover the surface. I really wanted to delve into that speech, but it's pretty straightforward, you know. He said what he said, and I, you know it's wrong for it to come from from uh, Washington because. Once Washington employs bureaucrats and gives them the power to implement and to execute a law, they never give that power back. They never give that power back. Once they're empowered, it never stops. Taxation, just a fine example, taxes. Taxes in the United States, income tax was never for the working people. It was always for the rich. It really was. It was for the rich. They were spending money on castles and everything and then what's his name? Um Eisenhower. It wasn't Eisenhower, I'm sorry. Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt looked at them because he was from this world and they're spending money on houses and building these fabulous houses. And he instituted the income tax. It was for the wealthy. Somehow, some way it worked itself down to the working man. Maybe taxes were supposed to be temporary, but they never stopped. Look at the 9-11 Commission. How they they spy on you, and they, they, uh, they, they, well, yeah, just put it simply, they spy on you. Americans, you can't even go to the airport and go from one part of the state to another part of the state. Look at all that's necessary for you to do that. You got to take off your shoes. You got to go through x-ray. This is your country. But once that was implemented, they never took it back. Nobody ever stopped it. They never stopped. And now, the president is empowering another federal bureau, federal issues, you know, federal uh, office. Because, you know, businesses need to be harassed by the federal government during inflation, a pandemic, and so-called labor shortages. Uh, any need that. That's happening. But you think that power, this authority, this new reach, because it's overreach. You think it's only going to be until the pandemic ends? Do you really believe that? Did it give you an end date? Did you hear an end date there? I didn't hear an end date. Did you? And those of you who are not taking the jab, is this something that's going to change your mind? Is this going to be like, well, you know, you can't beat City Hall. You might as well get the jab. As I tell you, testing may be a hassle, but if I get tested and I don't lose my job and I prove every week that I am negative for COVID, that's a win in my book. I'm not telling anybody not to take the jab. So don't, don't come at me and, you know, spam me with all kinds of nonsense because I'm just going to delete you. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying this authoritarian manner does this inspire you or does this inspire confidence in you to take the jack it's a simple question anywho if you've made it with me this far thank you very much thank you for listening and um Leave a voice message in the, uh, and I'll leave a, you know, leave a voice message at the link below. I'm a little tired. I was up all night. (laughs) This is like my fourth podcast on it. But um, don't forget to come visit me. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter. Um, I have an email. Leave a voice message in the description below. And uh, listen, it's still gorgeous outside. Go out there. Have a good day. And uh, don't let them get to you. Bye bye. Hello, and I'm back. Uh, I told you this particular episode was going to be a lot longer than I had anticipated because I wanted to cover so many parts to the speech, and um, I'm very—I, you know—I try to connect all the dots, but uh, you know, I digress. So I'm coming back to one of the great um statements that our president made about this being the vaccine i keep saying the vaccine this being the pandemic of the unvaccinated uh excuse me i had something to drink there um i came across an article and shout out to a youtuber young gripper59 who made me aware of this because i do subscribe to the blaze but it's one of these um, reports that you you're not going to see in the mainstream media and you're not going to see it in the mainstream media because it doesn't fit with the narrative. And I suspected this and of course I'm not a knowledgeable person and, and I'm not a scientist or anything like that. but I do like pay attention to patterns and I pay attention to how mainstream media, how they all echo the same types of patterns almost word for word and it's obvious to me and maybe not to you i don't know that there is someone giving them a line to say and uh, uh, an idea to propagate and so i i i come at this thinking to myself that's interesting why are you saying that and why are you saying this but every so often And, you know, all reporters are not, uh, you know, have not fallen under the Democratic spell or the the, the spell of the Democrats, I should say. Um, And a story like this comes along. And it's entitled by Phil Shriver. And it's entitled Report. Fully vaccinated make up 30 to 40 percent of COVID hospitalizations in Maryland counties. And the number is increasingly is increasing rapidly, okay? And it goes on to read this. Health data coming out of Maryland is reportedly leading to growing concerns about the waning effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccines, especially against the Delta variant. While the details still show that the majority of state residents hospitalized with the virus are unvaccinated now or partially vaccinated, Fully vaccinated individuals are starting to account for a larger share. Infections, illness, and hospitalizations are increasing rapidly among fully vaccinated people, according to the data from the Maryland Department of Health and New Research. Wbal TV reported on Tuesday. The outlet said the trend has led some public health experts to argue, "It's time to refrain thinking." about the message on vaccines to note that they won't necessarily keep you from getting sick, but they will increase your chance of survival. Over the past three months in Anne Arundel County, about 30% of the people hospitalized with COVID-19 are fully vaccinated. That's 30%, that's a lot, the report stated. There's a similar timeframe and trend in neighboring Howard County. Where health officials said roughly 30 to 40% of people hospitalized with COVID 19 are fully vaccinated. And Arundel County health, uh, health Officer Dr. Nalish Kalamaranan, hope I pronounced that correctly, uh, blamed the trend on waning vaccine efficacy alongside the rise of the Delta variant. goes on to quote, Because Delta spreads more easily and causes more severe cases, we do see some hospitalizations," Calamarin explained. While, Maryland, while the Maryland data is currently being framed as an outlier, there are indicators that it's part of a national trend. Public health experts and mainstream media figures for weeks have inundated the American public with the line that the unvaccinated individuals presently account for nearly all of the COVID-19 hospitalizations, usually citing a figure between 95 And 98%. But as the blazes Daniel Harwoods pointed out earlier this month, those figures were pulled from a range six month analysis produced by the U.S. Centers of Disease Control and Prevention. When looking more closely at the month to month figures, one can see that the percentage share of hospitalizations among fully vaccinated people has been steadily ticking upward since the start of the year. Let me read that again. But as the blaze, I'm reading the whole paragraph now. The blaze, as Daniel Harwood pointed out earlier this month, those figures were pulled from a ranged six-month analysis produced by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So it's not even like current at this point. It's, it's over the six-month period. So you think about six months ago, the, the vaccines weren't um, readily available to everyone, right? Okay, so going on to the next sentence. When looking more closely to at the month-by-month month figures, one can see that the percentage share of hospitalizations among fully vaccinated people has been steadily ticking upward since the start of the year. In June alone, fully vaccinated people made up 16% of the nation's COVID-19 hospitalizations. Given the rapid acceleration of waning immunity, inquiry minds would like to know what that number will look like heading into September, Our noted. Though acknowledging the new data as concerning, health experts in Maryland are still encouraging residents to get vaccinated as a way to boost their immune response against the virus. It's critical to get your vaccine to decrease your chance of getting hospitalized, Calmarin told WABL. And it also, it turns out, long COVID, those lingering symptoms are much less likely to happen in vaccinated as well. So there are a lot of good reasons to get vaccinated. But the number, and, and I talked about this in the previous segment, and, and probably in other segments, that most people, you know, and I did talk about this before, um, the, the vaccination and the status of vaccination has been dividing people. You know, uh, Jennifer Aniston came out and said, she's going to, you know, cut people off who aren't vaccinated. And a lot of people you know, have adopted that, that, um, that attitude, you know, if you're not vaccinated, we can't be friends, we, you know, um, There was an article that was talking about how you should um, disinvite your relatives if they're not vaccinated, and, you know, it's splitting people apart. So most people who are vaccinated are no longer, for the most part, socializing with people who are unvaccinated. And if you are, excuse me, at a work or at a job site, and you're working side by side with an unvaccinated person, Chances are that person is getting tested probably once or twice a week for COVID, so they don't have it. And how then do you explain how people who are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, completely vaccinated, are coming down with COVID-19? are having these so-called breakthrough viruses. And I don't, you know, I I have to agree with my fellow YouTuber. I'm not a YouTuber, but, you know, it's no longer breakthrough because there's a lot of people who are contracting COVID-19 now who are fully vaccinated. Thank God they're not getting, um, you know, severely ill. But they, they are getting sick. You know, they're sick. You know, it's not a hop, skip, and a jump. It's, you know, they're sick. So they are getting COVID, and they are getting the breakthroughs. Well, you know, they're not breakthroughs anymore. They're happening more often than breakthroughs. And how do you explain that, then? That they are getting sick, and the person who is unvaccinated getting their weekly test, they're not sick. They're not. How do you explain that? i don't know I'm not pretending to know I'm just saying you know that's interesting I'm looking at it I'm listening to it I'm watching it I think that's interesting there's something interesting to look at an interesting question to ask so when they say that it is it is this and and again let's look at Israel Israel is what is it 80 90 percent fully vaccinated you know, they, their vaccination rate is high, like uber high. And they're still fighting COVID-19. The people in the hospital are not unvaccinated. The people in the hospitals are vaccinated. So I push back against the narrative that this is the pandemic of being unvaccinated, because that's not true. Not entirely. I find that interesting, and they they that data was released, right? Remember when that data was released? You remember that? The data was released. How you know Israel was uh, about eighty or ninety percent of their population was fully vaccinated, and then suddenly they came down with COVID, and they were they had hospitalizations, and you know it it was a big deal. They're the ones who are talking about the booster, how the the vaccine, the efficacy of the vaccine begins to wane after so many months and how, you know, they're the ones who who got all this talk going. And all of a sudden now, the narrative, and they're still sticking to this narrative, is that it is the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Totally throwing out the, uh, the whole study That we heard, what, how many weeks ago now? How many weeks was it? Two, three weeks? That this isn't just a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is just a pandemic. And that while the vaccination will help you, you still get sick. They're pushing this narrative, and the president is pushing this narrative. And he's pushing this narrative by making war against the unvaccinated. I, I've, I've talked about this. i talked about it ad infinitum. I know everybody's tired of it, but yeah. I can't help yelling tripe when tripe is being served. <laughs> and, you know, again, here we are. Here we are. Here's the narrative. Here is the narrative. You heard his words. You know, those are not my words. Those are his words. He's he's using the power of the government to essentially bully people, businesses, basically governors. This is all political. I said this in the previous segment. This is political. Because he needs to tramp down on, he needs to be seen as strong, number one. He needs to be seen as strong. Because right now, in the, in the Afghanistan debacle, he's seen as weak. So he's got to reclaim that narrative. He's got to come out of this strong. He's got to come out of the gate. He's got to smack down DeSantis, the Texas governor, any other person, any other governor who's going to fight against him. He's got to smack that down. He's got to smack down big business. If big business is not going along with this, or anybody who's going to fight him on this or you're going to resist, he's got to smack that down. He's got to be seen as the leader who has the reins of this unbridled population, 80 million people. And and then there's a thing here. You know, the numbers keep being played around here. First he says it's 175 million, then he says it's 200 million, then it's 80 million people, then it's 100 and some million people. I'm thinking to myself, well, how many people, how... How many people are actually vaccinated? Because when I look up online and I ask, you know, how many people are actually vaccinated, it doesn't come up at 75%. It really doesn't come up at 75%, uh, uh, 75%, 200 million people. It comes up nowhere near that. I find that very interesting. But they're telling us that two-thirds of Americans are vaccinated. Let's go with that. And now he wants to come against the remainder of people who are unvaccinated. 75 million people is a huge, rip-roaring success in a country of 322 million people. That's a rip-roaring success. I think that's a, a success. And no matter where you stand on this, you know, the chickens always come home to roost. I found their fathers, whether you like them or you don't like them. But you know, Benjamin Franklin had his little finger on the pulse there when he says, When you give up essential liberties for safety, you deserve neither safety or liberty. How long will this go on? There's no end date. There's no, this is temporary until we get control of the situation. This isn't even two weeks to to, to slow the spread. We know now, or at least they're telling us, that this is an endemic, that the COVID-19, the coronavirus is endemic. What does that mean? What does that mean? Mask all the time? And and the vaccine mandate. How? When does that stop? When does that end? Does it mean that if you 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 don't want to get the third jab, that you could lose your job? You don't want to get the fourth jab, you can lose your job, and you don't want to get a jab every year after. What happens then? They're going to be fining businesses you do not comply i think i read somewhere up for upward of fourteen thousand dollars if you are you know not compliant with the government rules which means once again there's big spending pressure because it's, and again i'm going to go back to the politics you know what do they say that the unvaccinated are keeping them for, for keeping of uh, the recovery or preventing the recovery why are the unvaccinated preventing the recovery because there's a lot of reasons here. I only named two. It was one was, um, you know, Afghanistan and two I believe it's, they know that um, Newsom is going to be recalled. He's in danger. They're putting on an air of actual uh, confidence. They believe that it's all in Newsom's favor. (coughs) Excuse me the ball is in their court they feel um they have the polls on their side the polls nudge, nudge, nudge. we all know how that works for democrats so i'm really confident that News- uh, newsom is going to be recalled based on that alone but anyway they, they they're very confident that newsom is going to win he won't be recalled and they're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at Larry Elder. Everything, including the kitchen sink. The toilet, everything. Mainstream media, the, the so-called liberals, you know, they hate racism. And they'll, they'll call you a racist anytime that you disagree with them. It's because you're a racist. Well, something racist happened to Larry Elder. They a woman dressed in a gorilla suit threw an egg at him it missed it's a disgusting behavior do you think mainstream media covered that no but larry elder is going to come in and he's going to lift the mass mandates he's going to help businesses small businesses because those are the ones who are really suffering out there he's going to turn things around reopen california and get it turned back around so that people can go, you know, and have their businesses, have their livelihood, save themselves, you know, while they still can. Don't forget, millions of people lost their businesses because of these lockdowns. Larry Elder, a Republican, a black man, a Republican, wins the governorship of California. They are fucked. They know it. They're fucked. 2022 is right around the corner. They're probably going to lose the house. The house is gone. He knows. Biden knows he's had a short time to pass that ridiculous $1.3 trillion bill. A short time. Because they're going to lose. They know that there's um, unrest. There's unrest. There's a great deal of it. And this is his attempt to remind the base because the, the, the unrest is among the base too not just among the people who didn't vote for, for Biden, but it's among the unrest. The unrest, the unrest, the unrest is among the Democrats as well. So this is his attempt to appease the base, to stop out any dissent, to anything he might do from here on in, to turn the page on Afghanistan, to quote-unquote, regain his leadership position in the world. And and I could go on and on. There's there's a lot of little things, but I don't even know if Biden is cognizant enough to be that insidious. Obviously, it's, it's people around him. But the lie that they're propagating propagating now. You know, the unvaccinated, the unvaccinated, being the new boogeyman now, not Afghanistan, not the Taliban, not unvaccinated people um, walking over the border, testing positive for COVID, going into cities everywhere, all over the country, not those people. but you and me, American citizens. We're the enemies. And what's sad about it, what's really sad about it, is how many people are okay with it. They're okay with it. They're okay. They're like, this is the right thing to do. You know, they're all right with you being marginalized. They're all right with you being uh, penalized. They're okay with that. Now, I I think if you don't take the vaccine and you get testing, I don't think that's unreasonable entirely. Not entirely. But let's be clear here. That's not what they're going for. They want you to get the jab. And they're going to do everything in their power to make certain that your life is hell until you do, because you know the vaccine passport in New York. That doesn't matter if you ha- you tested negative. It doesn't matter. You have to be vaccinated in order to go sit uh, into a concert. And you heard what President Biden said. If you have a concert or a venue, because earlier this weekend, for people who who are Around the football stadium was packed in Florida. Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Dallas Cowboys 70,000 people sold out. No vaccine mandates, no uh, mass mandates. None of them sold out. College bas- uh college football. I forgot what team that was. Stadium sold out. No social distancing, no max no masks, no vaccine passports. Sold out. Crazy. And people were, were chanting fuck Biden, but you know, that's that's another point. <laughs> but that's what's going on. You know, and I, I not even really cover the surface. I really wanted to delve into that speech. But it's pretty straightforward, you know. He said what he said. And uh, it's wrong for it to come from from, uh, Washington because once Washington employs bureaucrats and gives them the power to implement and to execute a law, they never give that power back. They never give that power back. Once they're empowered, it never stops. Taxation, just fine example, taxes. Taxes in the United States, income tax was never for the working people. It was always for the rich. It really was. It was for the rich. They were spending money on castles and everything, and then, what's his name? Um, Eisenhower, it wasn't Eisenhower, I'm sorry, Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt looked at them because he was from this world and they're spending money on houses and building these fabulous houses and he instituted the income tax. It was for the wealthy. Somehow, way, it worked itself down to the working man. Maybe taxes were supposed to be temporary but they never stopped. Look at the nine eleven commission. How they they spy on you and they they uh, they they well yeah just put it simply they spy on you. Americans, you can't even go to the airport and go from one part of the state to another part of the state. Look at all that's necessary for you to do that. you got to take off your shoes you got to go through x-ray this is your country but once that was implemented they never took it back nobody ever stopped it they never stopped and now the president is empowering another federal bureau, federal issues, you know, federal uh, office. Because, you know, businesses need to be harassed by the federal government during inflation, a pandemic, and so-called labor shortages, you any that. That's happening. But you think that power, this authority, this new reach, because it's overreach. You think it's only going to be until the pandemic ends? Do you really believe that? Did it give you an end date? Did you hear an end date there? I didn't hear an end date. Did you? And those of you who are not taking the jab is this something that's going to change your mind is this going to be like well you know you can't beat city hall you might as well get the jab as i tell you testing may be a hassle but if i get tested and i don't lose my job And I prove every week that I am negative for COVID. That's a win in my book. I'm not telling anybody not to take the jab. So don't don't come at me and, you know, spam me with all kinds of nonsense. Because I'm just going to delete you. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying. This authoritarian manner. Does this inspire you? Or does this inspire confidence in you to take the jab? It's a simple question. Anywho, if you've made it with me this far, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. And um, leave a voice message in the, uh, and I'll leave a, you know, leave a voice message at the link below. I'm a little tired. I was up all night. (laughs) This is like my fourth podcast on it, but um, don't forget to come visit me. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter. Um, I have an email. Uh, leave a voice message in the description below, and uh, listen. It's still gorgeous outside. Go out there, have a good day, and uh, don't let them get to you. Bye bye. You have just heard The Black Eyed Podcast. If you would like to contact me, you can do so through Twitter at MHB1070, on Instagram at My1029, that's M-H-I-G-H 1229, 1029, excuse me, or on Patreon at theblackeyepodcast.com. If you would like to donate to the podcast, you can do so through Stripe. Any donation, helps me make better content and bring it to you. Thank you.